like sports? Do you like beer? Do you love sports and beer? Then you're exactly where you need to be. This is the Hughes Views and Brews Show on 1252 Fort Chicago. Cheers. Welcome on in and hope you're having a wonderful Monday. Uh, I know it's kind of weird waking up with snow. Um, but the snow's gone, hopefully, for a little while at least. Um, I saw Grant Miller said it's going to be 79 this weekend, one of the days, so uh, that should be nice. White Sox have left town, and their game in Cleveland postponed. They're going to play a doubleheader in July, but the uh, Cubs, they're going to try and play. They're just getting underway. Um, actually, they should be underway for a little while. I told the story. I don't have Marquee Network right now because I switched to YouTube TV. But I'll be listening to the golden tones of uh, Pat Hughes and uh, Ron Coomer later on tonight as I listen to the game. Cubs are actually having some success early in the season going to Colorado. So we'll talk a little bit about them. Um, my guest will come on in a couple minutes, Courtney Finnicum. Uh, you may have seen her on um, the Mark Carmen podcast and heard from her on Twitter and also on Facebook. We'll get to her in just a couple of minutes. A couple of things I wanted to get to really quickly. Um, well, don't forget, we're on the 1252 Network. You can get us here on our Facebook page. You can also get us on um, YouTube. YouTube's great because you can see all the shows. Uh, you can get us on Twitch. You can also get us on Spotify with the audio. If you miss a show, if I refer to somebody and you missed them, you can always go back on Spotify or on YouTube and catch up on any of the shows. The Over and Under with Harry, my guy Tom Kelly was on, along with Fat Mike on a Friday. They had a great time talking about things. Fat Mike show on Wednesday. You got Bears fans with a brain coming up usually on Thursdays with Alan Bratcher and uh, Warwick Holdman. They had a great show a couple of weeks ago with Brian Erlacher and Rosie Colvin as the draft is coming up. So I know Bears fan with a brain will have a lot of updated uh, draft stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. Bears not with a first round pick. Ryan Poles trying to put the uh, team together. And uh, I think he's doing a pretty good job so far, but who knows, really, until they take the field, nobody's 100% sure about what's going on with the Bears team. I realized yesterday, I was at my brother, I was at my girlfriend Linda's house in the morning. We had Easter breakfast with her family and um, two grandkids, and uh, Ellie was having a wonderful time running around. I was on the floor playing with her until I moved her bunny blanket, and then she got pissed at me. I don't know what's going on. She's She'll be three in July, and I'm figuring it out, what it's like dealing with a three-year-old or two-and-a-half-year-old. Uh, but we had all kinds of fun. Then I went to my sister's house. Growing up, we had what you called um, their, their sauerkraut dumplings. Now, a lot of people are familiar with dumplings and sauerkraut, but my grandmother used to make sauerkraut dumplings where you cut up the sauerkraut, put it in the dumpling mixture, and make sauerkraut dumplings. She'd cut them up with... Um, cottage cheese and melted butter, and yeah, they were tremendous. So my sister has made those the last couple of uh, years. My father had moved out to the West Coast, then out to Reno. He passed away a year or so ago. My mother's been gone for three or four years, so it's kind of like uh, the the orphans get together, and we have our sauerkraut dumplings. So I went out and had a couple of dumplings in the afternoon. Then I went back to Linda's, and we had dinner last night. 
uh, honey baked ham with scalloped potatoes. So today I've had breakfast and nothing else. Uh, but I do have a couple of beers I'm going to have. And I said a couple because usually I have one beer or sometimes two if I have a beer guest. I don't have a beer guest. Well, I kind of have a beer guest today because Courtney knows her beers. But I have a couple of Nick and Ivy beers that Paul brought over for the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, was the Super Bowl? No, it wasn't Super Bowl. Playoffs. Um, Doc Kolsch is a beer that they did, Doc Kolsch, and it's 5.5%, and that was uh, canned January 7th, and I have the Toro Loco, which I know Mike is a fan of, the Toro Loco from Nick and Ivy, so because they're both five and a halfs, I mean, there have been times I sat here and drank an 11% or a 14%, I will be drinking some 14% because Linda told me that it would be nice if you emptied your refrigerator of beer before we moved. Well, I'm not going to empty the refrigerator. There's no way I could empty the fridge because I have all these Bourbon County stouts from 2017, 18, 19, 20. But I'm going to go with the Coles to start tonight. Um, yes. So anyway, yesterday I'm looking at my watch and I see um, my iPhone and it comes up that 417. And I said, oh, you know what? That 417 reminds me that that was the day of my last chemo session. Five years ago, 41717, Doc Coles, uh, 41717, my last chemo session after I had large B cell lymphoma. Okay. And I tell people I had the easy cancer. And people laugh and say, you know, what do you mean easy cancer? I had large B cell lymphoma, same thing that Mark Silverman from ESPN 1000 had. Uh, his was different. It attacked him and bothered him in his lymph nodes, in his neck, in his chest, in his groin area. Mine was all in my spleen. They took my spleen out, went through chemo, and um, after the fourth chemo session, they did a PET scan. They said, there's no more there. Go through the last two chemo sessions just for maintenance and go from there. So 4-17-17 was my last chemo. Uh, my wife and I would always go and eat after six and a half hours of chemo, and um, I was at York Tavern. So I posted that picture and I mentioned it yesterday. Thanks to all the people that said, keep going, stay healthy. I've been healthy um, cancer-wise ever since. No problems with that. Uh, so here's to my five years of being cancer-free. Uh, so I'm that's why I'm going to plan on drinking a couple of beers. The beers are fine. That's not a problem. They've never told me to stop drinking beers, which, thank goodness, because Hubes Views and Brews would be tough with just Hubes Views. I'm tired of talking just sports. I've done that for 40 some years. So I had to throw some beer in there. So let's. Mm. Doc Kolsch. And Kolsch style beer is great. They make Kolsch in Cologne, Germany. I went to Dovetail Brewing. We'll talk about that in a little bit too. Uh, they make great German beers. But uh, Doc Kolsch is a very good uh, Kolsch style beer that they make over at Nick and Ivy. We'll see some. We'll see the Nick. We'll, the, we'll see the handsome and pretty face of uh, Paul Livnick on his um, Nick and Ivy sponsorship commercial in just a little bit. But I wanted to mention that it it was very very cool that uh, I remembered on time. Sometimes you forget, and I guess that's a good thing too. But it is an important day uh, as you go through life. You get to have important dates. You have your anniversary, birthdays, wedding days, things like that, and uh, it's really nice to um, bring these up. There's good memories, there's bad memories. The white, the day I lost my wife, things like that. And they all kind of stack up. But um, I got a feeling that if you have a beverage and uh, 
toast to whatever it is on those days. Uh, you'll be able to get by and have an okay time. Now, my guest coming up here, um, Courtney Finnicum. I had not talked to Courtney until she just jumped on before the show. And uh, I know she had done some uh, podcasting with uh, Mark Carmen on the Windy podcast. And she's always on Twitter. She's always on Facebook. She's a big White Sox fan. So I wanted to get her on and talk some White Sox baseball because it's a good time to do it. So we bring in Courtney. Courtney, how are you tonight? How are you, Fred? How are you? I'm doing great. Everything's wonderful. I, uh, I'm i happy to get you on. I've been watching your tweets and your stuff on Facebook and Twitter in the last couple of years. And my first question is, is it true that you actually travel more than some Major League Baseball teams? Because yeah. every time I see your posts, you're here, you're here, you're in another, you're in another place having a flight of beer. Do You travel <laughs> all the time. It's crazy how much you travel. And as you can see, I'm literally in a hotel room as we speak. So mm -hmm. the beat continues. The beat goes on. Um, yeah, as you can imagine, the last couple of years with COVID has just been crazy for me. Um, you know, I've been in sales most of my career. And for the last 10 years, um, a lot of my sales has been basically being on the road. Sure. So, you know, last two years being unable to do that has really affected my business quite a bit. So thrills you back on the road. And as you know, Fred, we've talked about this offline. Part of my, you know, flair of being on the road is going to different breweries, going to different restaurants, trying all the local beer, you know, that is, and I am a, I am a flight connoisseur, you know, yes. afternoon. I, it's, it's one of my favorite things. So it's awesome. Yeah. And during COVID, the places that were open stopped serving flights, which and was tough. I, I can't, honestly, there are, I actually, when I go into breweries, I'm nervous when I ask, I'm like, you guys do flights, right? I have to make sure because honestly, that, that really enhances my enjoyment yeah. with, with the brewery, as you well know. Yeah. And, and it was perfect too, because I would go to two breweries, sometimes on a Saturday when I would leave ESPN 1000, I'd stop at two breweries. And by doing it, it was a way to say, okay, I'll have a flight here, which yep. is four or five ounces. I go, okay, so that's one. And I'd go to another place so I could try two different beer breweries. And during COVID, you couldn't do it. I still know I stopped at Will County Brewing a while back, couldn't go. So I had to pick one. And it's tough on, on a brewery that you've never been to before, picking it, just one beer. Yep, it is. I mean, usually I have my favorites. Um, I'm, a, I'm a hazy IPA girl mostly. Okay. Um, you know, Bell's Too Hard is one of my favorite IPAs. So, you know, those are pretty much my true and true that I know I'm going to enjoy it if I get an IPA. But I like ciders, I like sours, I like mixing it up, and four or five little tasters, that's the way to go. That's yeah, to go. yeah, yeah. No, it always has been. We'll get back to some more beer talk in a little while. But let's talk White Sox. And first of all, how did you become a White Sox fan? I know most people become a fan because it's the way their parents raised them, their father was a fan. Is that how you became a Sox fan? That is, my father is a diehard White Sox fan. I mean, diehard. Um, his mother was a diehard White Sox fan. I mean, she actually wrote Bill Melton a handwritten letter mm -hmm. when she was growing up, basically. Huge Bill Melton fan. Um, my dad basically got her passion. He brought it along to me, and obviously I'm incredibly passionate, incredibly diehard. Um, I just went to my 22nd home opener in a row. That's great. Day. Um, it was my father's 49th, so I got to give him a little bit of a shout out there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've been a diehard fan my whole life. And being able to do stuff like this with you and the stuff I've done with Mark Harmon has been awesome, obviously. Yeah. Well, and it's, and you, you know, 
I my sister is a big White Sox fan, but she'll call me and she won't stay up on things. Like she'll watch the games and go, "Where did we get that guy?" or "How's where's he from?" and things like that. And it you know it it's interesting. My brothers constantly listen. I'll get a text from him and he just go, "Okay, I can't believe this guy's coming in." Um, what are your thoughts in the off season this past year and then start the start of the year? Because a lot of people think that Rick Khan didn't do a good enough job getting this team ready for this season. You know, I, I think we can actually go back a little bit last year, and I'm sure you've seen my tweets. You know, I was very, very anti that Craig, the Craig Kimbrell trade. Yes. Um, before it was even done, when it was being rumored, I'm like, this is not the guy we need. What we needed was a bridge to Liam Hendricks. Mm-hmm. We didn't need two closers. So the fact that that even went on to begin with was a mistake, and what we gave up, I'm not saying Nick Madrigal is going to be the next Derek Jeter, but we also didn't need a guy in that lineup to hit 35 home runs at second. I think Nick is going to be a pretty solid second baseman for the Cubs, unfortunately. Um, So we can kind of start there. And unfortunately, as much as I like Josh Harrison's flair and his pizzazz and his energy, he's off to a pretty slow start. Yep. And he's also 33 years old. So he's not going to be the future. We still have that hole at second. The Sox are kind of banking on that Colson Montgomery to be something. You know, again, he's just a prospect. He has to actually play and and become what he's supposed to be. So the offseason, I would give it probably a C plus. Okay. Uh, Kendall Graveman has been low-key, probably the best acquisition by far. By far. He's been phenomenal. Did your grade for Rickon change a week before the season when they got uh, A.J. Pollock? It definitely did. That was that was a phenomenal trade. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately with AJ though, you have to worry about injuries. And of course, yes. right now, he's on the he's on the IL. So that is the issue with AJ, but that was a fantastic trade. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you look at it, I mean, most White Sox fans knew that going in, the two things they needed second baseman and right fielder. Now I like Andrew Vaughn, I like Gavin Sheets, yep. but if you could go and get somebody else. And then when they got A.J. Pollock, I said, okay, now how are they going to use this? Nobody wants to see them trade Andrew Vaughn. I mean, Vaughn's a guy that I thought was just going to be a gap-to-gap guy, but he has shown that he can hit line drives out of the park, and he's a guy the White Sox have to hold on to. Well, I remember I go to spring training every year as well, of course. And I remember seeing his very first at-bat. He has the perfect baseball swing. Mm-hmm. He really does. And you can see it. You can see it. And there are unfortunately fans that want an Andrew Vaughn traded for Sean Minaya. And I'm like, it's one year of this guy with the right. I mean, Andrew Vaughn is going to be a player. However, what drives me nuts is that Tony doesn't play him every day. You mm-hmm. need to fit him in the lineup every single day. I don't care where he plays. You know, I don't care if it's right field, first base, DH, he's got to get in there. So I completely agree. He is going to be a very, very, very good player. Yeah, uh, the rotation obviously took a hit with Lance Lynn being out and then Giolito going four innings and having to come out again. Were you happy? I mean, how are you looking at the rotation going in? I know Sean Manaya was a name that was out there, but when you see Cease and Giolito and Lynn and uh, Keuchel still being there, uh, what was your opinion of the rotation going in? Going in, um, I obviously wanted one more starter as well. Um, Keuchel looked pretty good his first start. I'm not going to say he didn't. He right. looked pretty good. Um, is he a guy you can count on? You know, maybe he's a lefty. He's a veteran. He's been doing this a long time. Um, you know, I, obviously with Giolito being hurt, 
his injury is kind of funky. You always got to worry about that. Cease has looked phenomenal. Um, yes. I truly believe he has Cy Young stuff. If he can just kind of put it together, he's had two great starts. And Kopech has actually been pretty good. You know, they're building him up slowly, obviously, which always drives me nuts. I'm, in, I'm an impatient person, Fred. Yes. Like, Come on. <laughs> I, I agree. Well, here's what happened. The thing that bothered me was 38 or 39-year-old uh, Max Scherzer was at the meetings get for, um, you know, for the CBA. And his first outing in the spring, he went six innings. I know. And if Max Scherzer can do that at 39, the other guys should be ready. You should come into camp having already thrown and been prepared. And none of this, oh, he can go two innings, he can go three innings. That, that it kills me each and every year. It, it kills me as well. Obviously, you know, baseball's changed. We both know mm -hmm. that. Yeah. You know, I'm old school. I'm, I'm 34 years old. <laughs> but I'm definitely an, more of an old school baseball fan. That sure. is how me as well. Um, so it drives me, like, what happened with Clayton Kershaw? You know, yeah. I mean, kind of changing gears a little bit. It's like that, you know, perfect game. Those don't come around, you know, every right. day. And Kershaw is a veteran, you know, let these guys get out there and throw. I get his injuries. I get his history and I get it's April, but you know, stretch these guys out a little bit. Let them, let them get used to playing. It's, it's okay. Yeah. yeah that would be nice. Um, what Velasquez, I knew when they picked him up, he's a guy that has abilities. Uh, yesterday we saw he has abilities to make errors too. Um, <laughs> but he, he's actually not a bad pitcher. Um, he's he, in both of his outings, he had a bad inning. And then he calmed down after that and pitched well. Dylan Cease in the past had yes. been a guy that would do that. He would have a bad inning and be really good other than that. And to be honest, I don't know what they're doing with Jimmy Lambert. This seems like the third or fourth year. It could be only the second, but it seems like he's been there forever. Where when they need a guy, they go to Jimmy Lambert. Yep. He threw well the other day. So I don't know if they're – he's like a guy they're never going to get a, give a chance to. And he's a guy that may end up going somewhere to bring somebody else back in. Chris Bassett was that guy. They didn't give him enough of a chance, maybe. Yeah. And then he goes, Frankie Montas was White Sox property, and they yeah. moved him. And now, you know, everybody loved to have a Frankie Montas. Oh, and it drives me nuts because I liked Chris Bassett when he was with the Sox. I mm -hmm. really thought he had good stuff. And you could, you could see it even with his couple outings that he had with, I think he was with the Sox, what, a month in September, I think. Yeah. And he had that, he probably had abilities. And I'm like, I don't want to see this guy go. You know, he was quirky. He had that funky delivery. He was funky. And I'm like, this is the kind of guy that might turn into something. And sure enough, doing great yeah. with the match. Doing great yeah. with the You know? Yep, I agree. I agree. I watched, I watched him pitch the other day. He is so particular about the way he is on the mound. It was amazing because he threw a pitch that was just maybe a little bit off and a fly ball was hit, and Ron Darling was doing the game for the Mets, yeah. and you could tell that Chris Bassett was upset, even though it was a flyout. He was upset that the ball didn't go exactly where he wanted, and that's just going to make him a more, you know, an amazing pitcher in this league. Well, you know who he always reminded me of is Mark the Bird Fidrich. Okay. He sort of had those quirks a little bit, yeah. you know, kind of a quirky guy on the mounds. He always reminded me of him a little bit. And I sort of see that even now. He's he's definitely, he's an interesting guy. I would have liked to have seen. And the problem is, who can the White Sox package? You know, they right. don't have enough for Montas. They probably didn't have enough for Bassett. So, you know, at some point, what can you do? As a, as a diehard Sox fan, 
and me too. When when Moncada came here, I said I was all excited. Then he struggled at the start. Then we saw what Moncada can do. Then he got COVID. Since yep. getting COVID, he's not been this in the field. He's been great. Yes. But at the plate, he's just not been the guy. And now he's out again. Um, what are your thoughts on him? So I I've, I'm still a fan of Moncada. I still think he can be 25 home run guy potentially. Um, I can tell you as a COVID long hauler myself, uh -huh. I, I, I've spoken about this a little bit publicly. I got COVID right early on, early um, April, 2020. Okay. And I had COVID symptoms for over a year and I can, I mean, I don't know obviously what's going on in Mankata's body. Um, he's obviously built like a, like a Greek God. I mean, he's a, he's a yeah. muscular, very muscular dude and he's very young, but you know, it can, it can knock it out of you. I mean, I was pretty shocked with what COVID did to me. So I don't know if he's still feeling the effects of that, but I still have faith that he can be the guy White Sox fans want. He needs to stay healthy. Like most guys, mm -hmm. I just has been the issue. He's, he's a great defender. You know, White Sox fans like to sort of jump on, you know, who's hot now, right? Sure, sure. So everyone's kind of talking about what do they do, you know, with Jake Berger when Mankata comes back? Should we move Mankata back to second? Mankata's not a guy you mess with. I no. think he's, he needs to stay at third. He's been phenomenal. You know, Jake, he's been great, but he's only had, you know, nine, eight, nine games, and it's hasn't been, you know, spectacular, obviously. So I think Mankata needs to see at, stay at third. Berger needs to maybe get back, send down to Charlotte, have some at-bats out there, and then see what Josh Harrison can do at second. The infield's really going to shore up once Mankata comes back. We had a uh, guy that sent in a message, and he wanted to know uh, if you were surprised the White Sox didn't make a qualifying offer to Rodon. I was, and it was actually very disappointing. Um, I mean, what do you have to lose, right? I feel like they would have gotten a draft pick. And, again, what do you have to lose? Yeah. Thing with Rodon, though, and I get that he's doing a great job in San Francisco, and I'm thrilled for him. He deserves it. Very, very happy. He has shown that he cannot pitch past June. I mean, he is unfortunately very injury prone, and I want him to do well, but I understand why the White Sox did not want to give him a huge contract. I get it. Yeah, I kind of felt the same way, and a lot of people in Major League Baseball, I watch MLB Central all the time, I watch MLB Tonight, and they're all saying that everybody in baseball wishes they signed Rodon for two years, $44 million, because that's a great deal for a guy who right now looks tremendous. So what do you have, 12 strikeouts in his opener, and I think nine in the second game, and yeah. he, he got to go to Cleveland for his second game, and he's pitched well against the Indians for the last couple of years. Okay. And also, I think I saw one of your tweets, and you said, well, Moncada comes back. Mendix, the guy that's got to go down. I kind of agree with you, except that Mendix seems like he can play second or short or third. And I know I know that Tony and those guys love guys that can play different um, fields and positions. But the thing with Moncada going down, I was extremely happy that Jake Berger, all the things Jake Berger went through, he was able to play. And it's nice to see him go on out there and and have a nice start to the season. Fully agree. And he's a hell of a nice guy as well. Mm -hmm. You know, that is a guy that you really want to support and get behind. He's been very upfront with his, you know, his struggles and his battles. And he's talked about some of his anxiety issues. Yep. I mean, it's that, that as a kid, you definitely want to get behind. So I'm thrilled for him. 
Um, I agree with you on Mendick. I know White Sox fans will love to see Larry Garcia go away. No, that's such a, <laughs> such a dirty word on the South side. No. Well, I, I can tell you, I went back and listened like seven months ago, and you were talking about Larry Garcia with Mark Carmen, and you were you were all saying it was a you were saying it was a good deal, and I agree with you because if you remember, I think it was last year and the year before he had really bad the first month of the season. He was awful defensively, yep. and then he turned it around and yep. he became very good. I don't know what it is. Sometimes. Uh, some players, I know Jose Abreu used to struggle really early in the season with the cold weather. Maybe Lurie does too in the field. Um, he, he was bad the other day in the game, uh, the afternoon game. Uh, the other day he was bad in the field. Maybe it'll he'll kick him in because did you know, and I didn't know this, I knew he was the longest running member of the White Sox. He's the longest player in baseball be, with any one team. There's nobody else on any team in baseball that has been on the team as long as him. It's amazing. I, I did not know that. I That, that is incredible. Here's, yeah. thing, here's my, my opinion on, on Leary. Um, I think he can be a very valuable guy off the bench on a very good team. The right. issue that White Sox fans have is the fact that he's been playing so much because of the injuries. So, I mean, I hate to say, but it's not really his fault because he's not an everyday player. He's being put in a position where he has to play every single day. Sure. So you're seeing his warts, you know? I mean, yeah. he's not an outfielder. So, yeah, he's going to make mistakes in the outfield, you know? Yeah, and yeah, we saw that against Houston in, in the playoffs. We did. I, yeah, we did. I get it. I get it. So, again, I like to defend Leary a little bit because I do think he gets a bad rap because he's being put in positions where he has to play every single day and he's not an everyday player. So Yeah, yeah. Okay, let me get to the thing that bothers me and what's really bothered me in this first week or two of the season, and it bothered me last year, too. There's got to be a drinking game for Aaron Bummer because Aaron Bummer comes in, and he is almost never uh, he is almost never perfect. And if I hear Steve Stone say one more time, or Jason Benetti say, you know what, it was just a little blue pit. I, I don't care. It's still a hit. He's still on base, and Aaron Bummer has got you in trouble again. And between him and Kyle Hendricks giving up the home run, and Hendricks has had, what has he been in, five games? He's had one, one, two, three inning, yep, and that's yep, it. Yep, and yep. when those two guys, I mean, those are the two guys the Sox are counting on. And I'm hoping that this little stumble at the beginning can help them because when Bummer comes in, I just, I look for a beer. If I'm not drinking, I look for a beverage. If I'm driving, I look to go to a bar because it's brutal. He's so... I, he's such a great pitcher, but he he's expecting guys to swing at the balls out of the strike zone. And yeah. I would like a guy that could get people to swing at balls in the strike zone. And it's so weird because if you took all the pitches from Aaron Bummer, if you or I walked to the plate and just stood there, we'd walk. Because he never throws three strikes. Oh, it's it amazing. True. Oh, God. How do you, so how, what are your feelings about those two? So... <laughs> so the one thing about Aaron Bummer, I will say, is that, you know, he's a seventh or eighth inning guy. So lucky for me, as a beer connoisseur, as you well know, yeah. I'm two or three beers in by the time he's already in the game. So I'm nice and relaxed. And I'm like, all right, come on, Aaron, come on. But, you know, Aaron, we, we're also forgetting that the White Sox acquired Joe Kelly. Right, so, I know. You know, when he gets healthy, and I think he's getting pretty close, like I heard. So... 
if Joe Kelly's healthy and he's on, that's your seventh, eighth guy right there, Joe Kelly, Graveman, and then Hendricks. So bummer, you know, he might be taking a little bit of a lesser role, which I think is going to be beneficial with the way he is. Um, and the sad thing about bummer is that he has good stuff. Yeah. He can't put it together consistently enough. I don't know what his deal is. Yeah. Um, I, I was, I had my initial question about that was who's, who scares you more or who makes you drink more, uh, bummer or Hendricks. And you know, it right now it's both. I mean, I, I got in my car. Where was I? I think it was yesterday. I got in my car. Yesterday or said I can't remember now. But I got in my car when when they said, "Well, Liam Hendricks is coming in." And then where I when I got where I was going, the inning was still going on because guys are on base and they're running yeah. around and stuff like that. It's been really frustrating. One more thing, and I know you you went to some of the games on the the current homestand. Yes. Um, warning track fly balls. The Sox hit a lot of them over the weekend, and I saw here there were only fifteen home runs hit in fourteen games on Sunday. Now, that's interesting, and I saw someone mention that that there's no consistency in the way the baseballs are made. You're right. Well, yeah, that's going to be interesting because I know Abreu went deep a couple times. He finally hit a homer. Um, Luis Robert has missed a couple, even though he's does, he has hit a few. The home run's a huge part of this White Sox offense, and if they change the baseball, they're going to have more of these three-hit games like they had on Sunday. I actually very much agree with you. And, you know, the thing about Obreu, too, is that he gets his home runs in bunches. Yeah. However, he is also, we have a team that's filled with guys that depend on sort of warmer weather. And Luis Robert, Obreu, these are warm weather guys. And I was at the game on Saturday and I was at the home opener. It got very, very cold. Sure. Very, very cold. So I do think, and we always say this every single year, once the weather starts heating up, the bass will start heating up. I I truly believe that. I think I agree with the baseballs. There's always they're always messing with it. It's always I know always messing with the baseball. It's a little weird. It's a little weird. But I do think as the weather warms up, so will the bats. I I'm pretty confident. Okay, enough of baseball. How did you become a Broncos fan? I get that question a lot as a born <laughs> as a born and raised true Chicago, and I get that a lot. So my whole family is again. There it's I'm. I have a crazy family life. They're diehard Viking fans, which is also weird. Okay. Um, yes, it is. It's weird. It's weird. I'm pretty much, you know, anti-bears <laughs> in this house. But um, so I was never a bear fan, obviously. But the Broncos, when I was growing up, were always very competitive. So they were always the 3 o'clock game. So sure. I grew up watching John Elway, Terrell Davis, Rod Smith. So mm -hmm. that was my first memories of football. And I was hooked. So I'm a diehard Elway girl um, through and through. I know he, you know, had his issues as GM, but the guy brought three Super Bowl championships to Denver. I can't hate on it. Um, and that is how I basically became a diehard Bronco fan because of Elway. So you're excited now that they have a quarterback? Honestly, I have been saying this since it happens. You guys mm -hmm. are all going to finally see how underutilized that wide receiving core actually is. They have a mm -hmm. ton of talent on that team. Despite the fact they have a phenomenal defense, I mean, you're going to see breakouts from Jerry Judy finally, Cortland Sutton, K.J. Hamler, I think, is going to be a star. You're finally going to see that Bronco team really gel, and I'm extremely excited for it. It's um, it's weird because even though if they even though if they get better, they're in, one, they're in a ridiculously hard division. Ridiculous. I mean, every yeah. single. AFC West matchup is going to be prime time. I mean, it needs to be. Uh, yeah. The first 
Bronco game will be insane. Um, but it's actually going to be really exciting to see this Bronco team with also a competent coaching staff. You know, I had your buddy Vic Fangio, who <laughs> I never want to hear that name again said to me, Fred. Okay, never again. Him and Pat Shermer, that's like I wake up in cold sweats thinking about their play calling. So sure. I'm I'm looking forward to just the new era in Denver. Russell Wilson, nobody works harder. You know, just a good guy to cheer for again. Um, really looking forward to to the Broncos season for sure. Finally. Okay, now uh, that's enough football too. Um, we, <laughs> Hubes views and brews, and I I've seen a lot of your your tweets and stuff like that. You're not only a beer drinker; you drink wine also. Very much. Yes. Okay. But when did you decide? Because a lot of people, I mean. I'm old. I'll be. I just got my Medicare card. Okay, so I'll be. I'll be 65 in May. But um, my buddies and I grew up. We all grew up drinking Miller Lite. One of my buddies worked for Miller Lite. We'd always get a keg. We'd have. I got a Miller Lite sign over here. I got one right here. I got them all over. But we. I branched out from Miller Lite to Guinness, then to craft beer. How did you go to actually try and craft beer? Because a lot of people I know they don't like trying new things. Okay. Uh, that is actually a great question. So all in my 20s, my early 20s, I was a hardcore Corona drinker. Okay. Hardcore Corona drinker. No lime. Never lime. Don't like fruit, <laughs> don't like fruit in my beer. Okay. Um, hardcore Corona drinker. And now I, I can't even drink a Corona because it's so it tastes like water to me. So honestly, I really give credit to my travels for having me try a lot of these craft beers. I can't remember exactly when it clicked in for me. I actually want to give a shout out to Revolution Brewing, which I think sure. really, really caused a lot of my love for craft beer. They do everything great. Their food is great. Um, everything I've tried from Revolution was excellent. That was really the first memory for me of trying craft beer. And then it just became like kind of an obsession. You know, yeah. I, I have an off day in a city. Oh my God, I hit a bunch of breweries. Um, it really became a passion of mine. And like you said, Fred, you know, big wine connoisseur as well. Uh -huh. So I will hit wineries. And my favorite combination is when you get the establishments that are breweries and wineries. Okay. Do you so get I, many of those? You know, you can in Michigan. There's a couple okay. of that I've been to. They're few and far between, but there's nothing better than having a beer flight and then a wine flight. <laughs> and that's like, that's like my night in a nutshell. There you so, go. Yep, yep. Big, big house now, for both of them. <laughs> and, and, and which, when, in your travels, which have you found is the best craft beer city that you've been to? Great question. Wow, great question. Um, obviously, I'm I'm very biased towards Denver. Great beer mm -hmm. scene. Um, Asheville, North Carolina is a very good beer scene. Um, Austin, Texas, excellent beer scene. Yep. Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina has a growing beer scene. I, thought, I was wondering if you're going to go there. Yeah. I have not been to Charlotte or Asheville, but I knew that both of them are on my list to eventually get to. Brad, you will enjoy both those towns. Charlotte, and well, first, you can go check out a Charlotte Knights game. Gorgeous yep. stadium. Okay. So, if two birds with one stone, they literally have a neighborhood that is dedicated. They call it the Brewery District. A ton of breweries you can hop around to. Great, great area. Yeah, definitely a great growing beer scene in Charlotte. Yeah, our guy Mike is saying we got to get you out to Nick and Ivy because they've got uh, out in Lockport. We've got they got a ton of great beers. I finished that cold, so I got to drink the Toro Loco, which is kind of like their spin on a Mexican beer, but it's five point five as opposed Ooh. to 
our Corona, which is a little bit lower than that. Yeah. So um, um, I'm going to let you go on that, but I just wanted to say thank you very much. And let's see, let's see how the White Sox do um, this coming week, the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm excited for them. Um, they're right now. They're the best team in the American League. I agree. I yeah. agree. And you know, that's it's not going to be an easy division this year, like it was last year. But they they should still win that division pretty handily, I would think. Unless I would happens. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, Detroit is actually a team that's getting better. Some of their young pitching, I there. love like I love Manning and Mize and and yep. Scooble. They got some good guys. They took care. They you know, they handled Scooble when they saw him the other day, but. Um, they're, they're a team on the rise and, uh, and I just like a good manager. I hate to say it, but he is, was he a guy that you were hoping the white, white Sox would get? Cause he was rumored and I, I was pulling for him too. He was the guy I would have hired personally. I get that a lot of Sox fans with the whole cheating scandal. Right. I think, but I think we could have overlooked it. I think we could have overlooked it. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I think he's a very good manager and, uh, you know what? Everybody cheats, unfortunately, and they got caught Amen. and, um, uh, yeah, that yeah. happens. Well, enjoy your trip. Uh, the White Sox will be back in a week at the end of the week, I think. Um, so stay safe. We will talk to you soon. Thanks a lot for jumping on with me, okay? Congrats on being cancer-free, by the way, Fred. That's awesome. I Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks. I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm happy that uh, you were able to join me. Uh, I know you're traveling all the time. It was great to get you on. I appreciate it, Fred. Take care. Thank you. Thanks. Courtney Finnicum, you can follow her on Twitter. You can follow her on Facebook. And uh, as you can tell, she knows her sports. She knows her baseball. She's a huge White Sox fan. The Broncos are going to be a fun watch this year. Okay, I finished that Kolsch. Now it's time for the Toro Loco, 5.5%. And uh, while I open this and start drinking this, we can run some uh, sponsors because then I got some beer news and I also have some other sports stuff to get to before we're done here. And I also, there's definitely some stuff up my can today. So we'll get to all that right after this. Hello, this is Paul from Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. We are located at 1026 South State Street in historic downtown Lockport, Illinois. We are very excited to be partnering up with the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show, as well as the 1252 brand, because we are one of the few Chicagoland breweries that embrace sports and sports culture. Come in for a fresh brewed beer made right here in Lockport while catching the game of your favorite team. Stay for the live music that we have booked every weekend. Or just come for a cozy atmosphere to enjoy a good conversation with a friend, loved one, or complete stranger. Nick and Ivy makes you feel right at home no matter what the occasion is. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. Visit our website for our up-to-date tap list or to go shopping on our online store at nickivybrewing.com. That's N-I-K-I-V-Y brewing.com. Come in today for a fresh brewed beer born and raised in Lockport, Illinois. Megaplex Sports Complex is a 78,000 square foot center filled with hardwood and turf. They have baseball rentals with batting cages, softball, soccer, lacrosse, gymnastics, cheerleading, cornhole, basketball, volleyball, and pickleball. It also features a bar and grill with the best pizza and beef sandwiches around. They cater to events such as birthdays, graduations, corporate parties, as well as memorabilia shows. Check them out at Megaplex Sports Complex, 15301 South Bell Road in Homer Glen, 708-966-4210.
Hi, I'm Jonathan Darren, licensed real estate broker with Cobble Banker Real Estate Group in Homer Glen. Are you looking to buy or sell? Have you been disappointed in the past? The Jonathan Darren team with Cobble Banker Real Estate Group focuses on providing you with a concierge level of service during the process of buying or selling. We are a service-oriented team with a fresh and professional approach to selling real estate. Our goal is to combine knowledge, skills, and passion to exceed our clients' expectations, and most of all, we truly care. We are a knowledgeable real estate team focused on offering expertise and innovative solutions for our clients. The Jonathan Darren team has five full-service real estate brokers and a dedicated full-time marketer servicing all of Chicagoland. We will customize a detailed plan around your timeline for a sale, purchase, investment, estate, or other needs. Real estate transactions can be stressful, but don't need to be. Let us handle it for you. Visit our website, homesbyjdt.com, or call 708-308-1938 today. Expect better in real estate. Choose the Jonathan Darren team. Fuzzy football, are you ready, brother? Real football action on a glossy game surface play shuffle style. Slide a shuffle puck at pass or run targets. And a free mobile app keeps track of every game detail. Easy to learn, but this game of skill is difficult to master. Take care of the ball, or turnovers will kill your drive. The game is guaranteed to get your competitive fire burning, and it's perfectly sized to take anywhere. The park, a barbecue, your next tailgate, or fun at home on game nights. Fonzie football is simply the best. Most realistic and competitive game of football available anywhere. Add defense when your skill improves and take the game to the next level. The perfect mix of fast action and real football drama where a last-second Hail Mary can break hearts or make champions. Oh, I cannot wait. Fozzie football. We're going to have a little Fozzie football league over at Nick and Ivy coming up in a couple of weeks, and that'll be all kinds of fun. And again, if you're interested in Fozzie football, make sure you put down 1252 Sports and uh, get a discount when you purchase the game. It's a lot of fun. Played it a couple of weeks ago over at Nick and Ivy. We had a great, great time. And um, I'm looking here, and we'll get to. I'm, I'm having the uh, Toro Loco, very, very good. And we will start actually some of our beer talk with Nick and Ivy in just a minute. I want to get to some other sports stuff because. I'm the Sox fan, and Fat Mike is the Cubs fan, okay? And Mike has to sit and listen to me talk about the White Sox. Um, but the Cubs are actually playing qu- quite well, starting pitching, not doing too bad this year. Um, I'm interested to see how Steele does throughout the course of the season. Uh, I want to see how Stroman does throughout the year. I love Kyle Hendricks. Um, he does have a tendency to give up the long ball. And he's not the same professor we've known in years past. Um, but I like what they're they're doing. Um, it was funny. Mike called me. Mike, jump on for a second. Because I was going to call you and tell you about this, and Uh-oh. I didn't. You called Uh-oh. me yesterday yes. on Easter Sunday yes, to I bitch did. and moan about Nick Madrigal hitting into a double play. Yes. That must have been in the first inning. Because, uh, yes. Yeah. Because I looked at the box score today, and he had three hits. And yes. I'm listening. I'm listening to the post game show, and I hear Ron Coomer say, "You know what? I of think the course, play for the game." Of course, it's Ron Coomer. Yeah. Of course, it is. Yeah, he My says, I think, the, "I think the player of the game has to be Nick Madrigal." And I'm going, "How could that possibly be?" 
Mike talked about how much he doesn't like Nick Madrigal. Of course. How could he Ron be the Coomer, star of the my game? Nemesis, my nemesis, <laughs> Ron Coomer, my nemesis. Of course it's him naming Nick Madrigal of the game. Uh, me being a Cub fan, Fred, I, there's 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 two things that have to happen big time for this team to take that next step. We all know that the Cubs are not going to be the front runner of the NLC Central. I, I know that right. going into this season. I know that. But for them to take that next step, to for them to be to, to give a little bit of prominent hope going into the next year, I feel that Nico Horner and Nick Madrigal both have to play 140 games apiece. Okay. All right. Without that, then it's a it's a downfall of the season. Yeah, you got Seiya Suzuki. Yeah, he's he's been great so far. Player of the week. Four Pitching homers so far. Figure him out. Pitching will figure him out. Nah. Come on. Well, uh, come on. We all know what's going to happen. We all he's going. Everybody slumps throughout the year. It doesn't matter who you are. He's no. He's no. He's no Fukudome. He's much better than that. I, I understand that. I understand. Okay. He's no Hideki Matsui yet either. Not yet. All right. Exactly. So we all know that even Hideki Matsui slumped. All right. But for the, the prominent hope for the Chicago Cubs to take that next step, I want Nico Horner and Nick Madrigal to both play 140 games. They have to remain healthy. For them to have a consistent season, to have them get themselves in the right track for the future, both those guys both have to play 140 games. That's where my mindset is at. If you want these guys to be a uh, to be uh, adhered to the future of the Chicago Cubs, you, that's what you need. And yesterday, yeah, Nick Madrigal, he drives me nuts. Nicky double drives- play, or double play early, right before Contreras Homer. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. what are you doing, man? Come on. <laughs> And it was a second pitch strike. It was like, what are you doing? And it just reminded me so much of like Jason Hayward rolling one over to second base. That's what it reminded me of. And like, I'm a Fred, you know me. I'm a diehard yeah. Cub fan. I bleed Cubby Blue. But we need more than just this. I don't give a shit if you strike out or not. I'm more of a productive out type of guy. If you can drive one over to the second base and advance the runner from second to third, cool, great, awesome, excellent. I'm in it. You know what I mean? Well, you got you got you got Frank Schwindel now, who after a bad first week, start, after a bad first week, starting to hit the ball. He's yeah, thirty. I know. Yeah. I understand that, but we'll see. You know. Wisdom had a homer tonight too. Yeah. Whoop oh, did he did. really? Good. Yeah. I got Patrick Wisdom. I think yeah. I might have played him because of all the uh, all the rainouts and everything. Yeah. Whoop, whoop, uh, listen, Patrick Wisdom, Ian Happ, and <laughs> oh my God, don't even get me started. Patrick but Wisdom see, and Ian Happ are my two least favorite Cubs. Ian, Ian Happ should be a lot better. He's a guy that, I mean, if you remember, back-to-back years, the Cubs drafted a guy that was the best, supposedly the best pure hitter coming out of the draft. Mm-hmm. Schwarber one year, Happ the next. And Happ has fallen on hard times. He started to make coffee, uh, you know. Yeah. And But I, I really think Ian Happ, I mean, he's still a young guy. And I think uh, I think you'll be okay. I think Hap's going to be. I don't know if he'll be there for the long term. You know, when contract time comes up, who knows if he sticks around? Um, but yeah, I I like Ian Hap. See, I see. I'm I'm on the other end of that train, one hundred percent, completely on the other end of that train. Ian Hap, over the last four seasons, I have never seen this man make a productive out. Okay, like, like legit. <laughs> they don't. Serious. They don't. But see, you're a you being a fan. Baseball doesn't care about productive outs anymore, and that's that's I the bad do, though. That's the I know, but that's right. That's the bad part about baseball. 
is right. because they don't care about productive outs anymore. They don't care about the ground ball getting the guy over. They don't care about the sack fly. They want to drive the guys in with, you know, uh, you know, a three-run double or something in the gap. They don't care about all that little stuff that is so important in baseball for those people who are diehard baseball fans. Right. So I, I, I understand it to the fullest, but, like, I just want to see my team do well. And I know that they're going to stink. I know that my Cubs team is going to stink. I get it 100%. I project them at 73 wins, Fred. I don't think anything more, anything less. That's where I see him. Is that my cap is at seventy three? Well, see, the Cardinals are off to a good start. Cubs yes. only trailed them by a half. You still got the Pirates. You still have you know some teams in that division who are not the best. You know, and right. um, have you the been Brewers to PNC? Can't hit worth a lick. So. No, have you been to PNC Park? I have not. I've been. That's that's on my bucket list. I've heard it's beautiful. That sounds. That sounds remember. like we should we should take a uh, twelve fifty two field trip to PNC Park when the Cubs go out there. I'm game. Because Let's do it. It's supposed to be a great place. Just don't get an Airbnb like and like they did yesterday. There was two hundred people in an Airbnb and it was a shooting. Oh, let's stay away from that one. Yeah, let's but, not get killed. Yeah, I got a great place <laughs> to stay in Pittsburgh. We'll find that. We'll find because I want to go to PNC. It's a, it looks like an awesome park downtown Pittsburgh. I know people don't don't sound that excited about it, but between that, Cincinnati, um, the Cubs are in a great position. If you're a fan of the Cubs, you can drive to a lot of their, I mean, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. I mean, it's nice. You can drive to a lot of their games. Well, I, St. Louis. I wanted to bring this up to you tonight. So I wanted to, I actually was, I, I tried actually calling you about it the other day, but I know, I know that you've been busy and stuff like that, but did well, you know it's Adam Dunn? Plus, sometimes you call really early, and I, I go, do. I do. I know. Seven fifteen. I'm, I'm, I'm not answering the phone. <laughs> I know. I'm super early caller. <laughs> but did you know Adam Dunn is the only player in the Major League Baseball history to hit the bar, hit the ball out of the state? No, I didn't. Yes. So the, the you can look this up. He hit he hit the ball out of Cincinnati. It bounced off the sidewalk, landed on a piece of driftwood. In the in the Cincinnati River, and drifted over to Kentucky, he's which is right only, across the river. Yeah, right across the river. He's the only player ever to hit the ball out of the state in all of major. That that's amazing. That's, that's pretty good. Cool. That's yeah. a cool stat. It you is. Know, and I know Adam Adam Dunn stunk when he was with the White Sox, but yeah, I know he had forty homers. Cool till he, yeah, he had forty homers till he came to the White Sox, and he struck right. out forty times in the three game series. So, yeah. Okay. I wanted to make sure I got you out for some Cub stuff. I appreciate um, it. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm yeah. out of here. I got to go. Okay. Okay. Right, right. Uh, Mike's got his show on Wednesdays. He always helps me out on Mondays. A couple other things I want to get to really quickly. I went to the fire game the other day. Uh, Chicharito, um, Javier Hernandez was in town. The LA Galaxy in town. The Chicago Fire, a scoreless draw. Nil-nil. My brother said... Linda and I were driving to the ballpark, and Mike's going to laugh at these, and I hope hopefully you will laugh because it was very, very funny. We're driving to the uh, game on Saturday, driving down to Stevenson. I call my brother Timmy, and Timmy watches the podcast quite a bit. And I said, Tim, Linda and I are going to the soccer game. Would you like to come with us? He said, I would rather go to church. <laughs> and we laughed a lot. And then he said, you know, I would tell you to have a good time, but I can't un I can't believe anybody can have a good time at a soccer game. He's definitely not a soccer fan. I am a big soccer fan. The World Cup is coming up. 
I've told Paul over at Nick and Ivy, if they have early games at six in the morning, give me the keys. Let me pour some beers. I'll get people over to come over to Nick and Ivy and watch soccer coming up uh, for the World Cup in November and December this year. But we went to the game. Linda and I went to the game. Scoreless draw against the LA Galaxy. Galaxy have been off to a nice start. The Fire have been off to a nice start. But they, the key to any sport is to score. And the Chicago Fire have played, I think, four games so far that have ended scoreless. Right now, they've played seven games. They've given up two goals in seven games. And uh, they need to score. And one of their big guys, Shakiri, was out. Um, they need him back. There's, they showed a picture of him on the thing. He, they got a sports night coming up. They got a Bulls jersey with Shakiri's name on it. And the only response I had was, get back on the pitch. The pitch, they call that the pitch, not the field in soccer. But anyway, scoreless draw for the fire. And they play at Minnesota this week. And um, the Bulls opened their playoffs last night against the Bucks, And the Bulls were down 16 early. They cut it to, they actually took a one-point lead. Could not hit a shot. They were 7 of 37 from three. Game two of the series coming up on Wednesday. Game three back at the United Center on Friday. So let's see if uh, the Bulls can win a game. No one's expecting them to win. Uh, let's win the series. Let's see if they can win a game, win two games. Lonzo Ball standing in the sideline just pisses me off because when Lonzo Ball was there, they had some defense. Lonzo Ball, Caruso, um, they were able to do some things and uh, not so much without them. Okay, let's shift to beer. I mentioned I was going to say Nick and Ivy right at the start. Nick and Ivy coming up. Linda's favorite beer, my girl Linda, her favorite beer is the 1853 at Nick and Ivy. And last fall, they did a couple of flavors. They did pumpkin, cranberry, obviously around the holidays, pumpkin, cranberry, toasted marshmallow, and maple. Okay. They're doing it again. Four more flavors of the 1853. It's a vanilla cream ale. And coming up on Wednesday, April 20th, 1853 fruited variety pack, strawberry, orange cream, blueberries, and raspberries. Paul better save me at least two four packs. Okay. I don't know if I can get there Wednesday. I'm going to try and get there Wednesday or Thursday, but uh, definitely uh, sounds great. You, you Also, you can add up. You can get your choice to add sweets, a sweet bag to the four-pack. You can get um, a couple of items from the uh, cupcakery, cupcakery bakery or, or and or, I'm sorry, and uh, Beanie's Candy Store, an ice cream shop. Both of them in Lockport and um, Nick and Ivy in Lockport doing some nice things with the local people. So that's cool. Get on out to Nick and Ivy on Wednesday. Thursday, they usually have uh, a nice little night, get some beers. I may be there Thursday. I can't promise you that. I can promise I might be there knocking on Paul's door and say, open the door. I want some beers. Um, Dovetail Brewing, which is a brewery that I know Courtney Finnegan goes to in her area. Dovetail has a thing called a day of smoked beer. Now, that's coming up on Wednesday, 420. 420, the um, the day, uh, the, the marijuana day. You'll hear all the things. All the radio stations will talk about it. That's coming up on Wednesday, 420. Uh, and they have a thing called Thank You for Smoking. But they have smoked beers. They have a Roush beer, 
It's a smoked beer from Germany. They have a smoked Hellas. Their Hellas lager is smoked. They have a, a Grozinski, which I had the other day when I was there a couple of weeks ago. It was awesome. They have a Rausch Doppelbach and a couple other beers. So check them out, Dovetail. I'm hoping to have the two guys from Dovetail on in the next couple of weeks here on Hubes Views and Brews. Tremendous beers. If you're a fan of German lagers, if you're a fan of lagers, if you don't like the IPAs, you don't like all the fruity stuff, Dovetail does a great job with German lagers. And when I was there with my buddy, uh, Larry, and his, his daughter, Christy, we had a wonderful time at Dovetail. Tremendous beer. And uh, let me take another sip of the Toro Loco from Nick and Ivy. Right now, Mike's going. It's over to 8 o'clock. You're still talking. I got a couple more things for you. Buckle Down Brewery. They have a brewery dinner coming up on Thursday with uh, Monk's Burgers and more. Check it out. Go to Buckle Down's um, website. And also, More Brewing. More Brewing is in Villa Park. And they also have one in Huntley. I got to get to Huntley. Go visit my guy, Mike North, who was nice enough to call me yesterday for my uh, five-year anniversary of being cancer-free. But More Brewing has their fifth anniversary festival coming up on Saturday, July 16th. In Huntley, nearly 40 breweries, food, everything else. Check it out. More Brewing out in Huntley. So um, a lot of other beer news coming up. I've talked to a couple other guys, guys from Dovetail, guys from Whiskey Hill. We'll try to get them on in uh, upcoming weeks here on Hubes Views and Brews. But before we go, I definitely have a couple of Hubes. What's up, Fred's Can? Well, maybe it's just because you're ugly. Ugly? You gotta be kidding me. Time for What's Up Fred's Can on 1252 Sports Chicago. Okay, I got not one, not two, but three things up my can. The first one is, and my brother mentioned it yesterday, I usually turn the channel when I see them. The Uber Eats commercials are, excuse I won't even say it. The Uber Eats commercials are damned frustrating damned stupid okay it's ridiculous guys eating you know a girl eating a diaper it says ubers eat so you should be able to eat them okay i am an older guy i mentioned earlier i just got my medicare card be 65 in may it's a dumb commercial it's an asinine commercial and they're so stupid seeing all these celebrities one guy drinking uh uh, dishwashing fluid. It says Uber Eats. You should be able to eat everything. Just completely asinine. Whoever ran that marketing program should have been fired. It's awful. Absolutely awful. Now, people will say, but you remember the name of it. Yes, I do. And I would never use Uber Eats because of that. Kyrie Irving flipping off the fans in Boston. They were probably yelling some bad things, but you know what? Larry Bird never flipped off the fans that I remember, and Michael Jordan didn't flip off the fans, and Magic Johnson didn't flip off the fans. Kyrie Irving's an ass. And I don't care if he scored 38 points. I'm happy as hell that the Brooklyn Nets lost to the Celtics yesterday. I hope they lose in four straight and go away. Kyrie Irving's a great ball player. He's a complete egomaniac, as I as um, Michael Wilbon mentioned earlier today, and pardon the interruption. 
and um, I can't stand him. I don't care how good he is in basketball as a human being, tool, okay? And then the last one. I saw this today. I was watching Channel 5, and I was watching their sports, and they were talking about Seiya Suzuki, and they ran video of Seiya Suzuki, and then they ran the audio of his interpreter. You know what? It's just just say what here. Suzuki said this, 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 and this. We don't need to sit and listen to his interpreter. It's the same thing when they run it with other people. Now it's different in in real world news, okay? Because I followed that, watched uh, the nightly news on NBC, and they're talking to people in the Ukraine, and you have an interpreter. That's different. We don't need to hear what Seiya Suzuki says from his interpreter. They do it on TV. They do it on radio. It's crazy. Uh, when I was working at the radio station, every once in a while, they'd say, here, we have sound from uh, Jose Abreu's interpreter or sound from Yohan Moncada's interpreter. Never once did I run that stuff. It's stupid. Just listen to what they say and repeat it yourself. There's no reason to play the sound of the interpreter saying what the other guy says. Thank God I'm retired. I can criticize and do whatever I want to do, which includes drink, drink beverages. Uh, don't forget Fat Mike's show, hopefully coming up on Wednesday. We got Bears fans with a brain on Thursday, Harry's over-unders on Friday. Um, Jacob Charnow does his show early on Sunday mornings. He did an early morning Easter show. Check all these shows out on the 1252 Network. You can check them out on YouTube. You can go to Spotify. You can check them out on all of our uh, Facebook pages. So um, until next week, enjoy your beers, enjoy your baseball, um, enjoy the Cubs, enjoy the White Sox. They play uh, a three-game series now in Cleveland after the rain out tonight. And let's see if the Bulls can get a win over the Milwaukee Bucks. Thanks to uh, Courtney Finnecum for jumping on in. Big diehard White Sox fan, and she loves the Denver Broncos. All those games are going to be in prime time. But the Broncos are going to have a tough time competing in that AFC West. So uh, I had fun tonight. Hopefully you had fun listening. Uh, thanks to Fat Mike for helping me out throughout the course of the show. We will talk to you next week right here on Hubes, Views, and Brews. Thank you for listening to 1252 Sports Chicago. 